0: I'm Dwight Binger. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment. No illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule as you come. So sit back, relax, and become soul on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because we are starting a new semester and it is a blessing for me to teach a new group of emerging adults about the criminal justice system. As you, the audience, are aware, my goal is not just to teach my students about criminal justice and social justice, but to impress upon them the importance of having a moral compass as a criminal justice practitioner and human being. So, as we journey through this 16-week fall semester, we will be emphasizing attitude, beliefs, and values. So, without... Any further ado, I introduce to some and present to others, Mr. Julian Smith and Mr. Austin Sanders. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hello. Glad to be here. Wonderful. All right. All right. All right. The title of today's show is, Is Anyone Above the Law? Let's get right into it, gentlemen segment one segment one julian and austin is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students we accomplish this by having our guests introduce themselves so if you would tell the audience where you were born and raised what high school you attended your major or planned major why you took this class and give us one career goal
1: starting with you austin um all right uh hello uh, I'm Austin Sanders. Uh, I'm Lincoln. Been here my whole life, Lincoln, Illinois. And uh, I'm went to Lincoln Community High School and graduated in 2021. Uh, I'm 20 years old now. My major that I plan to do is a science major, and hopefully in the future with this class, I can get some criminal justice experience and maybe go work in. Parks, recreation, and hope maybe become a game warden or something in the future. Something I've been interested in. Okay, all right. What was it like growing up in Lincoln, Illinois? Lincoln was there's I can't say there's too much to do in town, but the small things that you know you can get up to, especially when you're you're younger. Um, I enjoy going to the movies a lot with my friends. You know, hanging around, walking around town with them, just having some events, enjoy myself in town. So.
2: Okay. All right. Very good. Julian. My name is Julian Smith. I was born and raised in Las Vegas. I went to high school in Lincoln Park High School in Chicago. My major is architecture. I took this class because I needed one more class before I could get my associates in general arts. And decided to save the best for last. And career goal for me is to eventually own my own architecture for Oh,
0: okay. So right now, Julian, you was telling me before the show that you actually are back in Chicago. And one of the benefits of taking an online class is that you can be anywhere in the world and take an online course. Awesome. And so you're not planning on being a criminal justice major, but you are believing that this course can benefit you yet and still.
2: Uh, Yes, just because uh, I feel like there's some basic information about criminal justice system. Lost, I I've, I've gotten in trouble a fair amount of time so I feel like it'd be useful to know it for when I need it. You
0: currently are working in Chicago and tell us where you're working at.
2: I work at an, a small architecture firm in River West which is about a mile away from the heart of downtown.
0: Okay, very good. I should let my audience know when you are a community college student. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. You got to sometimes do the assignment as you are on the move. And Julian is actually in transition right now, walking from his job to get home. Is that correct, Julian? Yes, sir. All right. Very good. That is awesome, man. Wonderful. The audience already knows that even if you're not planning to major in criminal justice or you're not going to work in criminal justice, it's still good, good that you are knowledgeable of the law, like you said. All right. Very good. Let's move on. Segment two, constitutional rights. Segment two is to inform the American public of their constitutional rights. Before we ask you to tell us what your favorite constitutional right is and why, let's remind the audience that today's episode is entitled, Is Anyone Above the Law? Our author, Fagan, in the text will ask the question throughout the semester, what is more important, individual rights or public safety? Powers of the government are limited by the Bill of Rights, and our individual rights can sometimes be limited by our need to protect the public. My question to you is, what is your favorite constitutional right? Or another way to ask it is, which of the due process rights would you not want to live without? Beginning
2: with you, Julian. I would say the fifth one, just because uh, I've been in situations where I've had to use it, and it's a good tool. So it's a good Amendment, so you don't jeopardize yourself in certain situations. Okay, so self-incrimination
0: then? Yes. Yeah, it's amazing to me that the chief of staff for former President Donald Trump took the stand in his attempt to get his case transferred from state court in Georgia to federal court. And nobody believed that he would, like, take the stand, because anything that you say can and will be used against you in state court, and so I found that to be amazing. But yeah, the Fifth Amendment protects us from self-incrimination. Very good. What about you, Austin?
1: Uh, it would my favorite constitutional right would definitely be in the Fifth Amendment. I would say just the right to a fair trial is is a very very important one with everything that moves along with what happens in the criminal justice system and just making sure that there's no bias or anything against you, making sure it's uh, just all of the moving parts with that. I just, I like the the right to a fair trial. That, that's probably my favorite one of, of everything.
0: All right. And the Fifth Amendment protects you also against self-incrimination. So you like that as well?
1: Yeah. All right. There's everything with the Fifth Amendment, all of those protections. It's very important for, for law in America. Wonderful. All right. Let's move
0: on. Segment three, being a voice for change. As an emerging adult who grew up in a predominantly white America, what say Justin and Austin about white
1: supremacy and Black Lives Matter? Beginning with you, Austin. White supremacy is, well, definitely not an okay thing that is happening, not only in America, but also other places in the world, but mainly focused on America here. It's always been around, but as of recently, it's kind of been a, it's kind of gotten bigger, I think, because of like a countermeasure of things like black lives matter. It's this kind of skewing separation of people to the white supremacy is kind of getting larger because there's a black group trying to have more rights and be more free and fair with with them. So it's gotten worse because of the protesting.
0: So it's, wait a minute, wait a minute. Austin. you not, blam- not But you're not blaming the fact that African Americans are oh, standing no. up against individuals actually shooting and killing them and saying that is the cause of them actually it getting worse because it we've always had uh, Yeah, obviously the, not. The proud boys, the 3%ers, hate groups and even lone rangers, right?
1: Uh, yeah, we have always had those, but ever um, and all these injustices that are happening to African Americans, and you know, uh, it's very terrible things that I and uh, hopefully everyone else um, wish to seize end. Uh, what I'm saying here is with the. More pushback recently, these hate groups have been acting more. You know, they're they're trying to get a louder voice and, and their sin, which obviously it's a very clouded and hateful side. And I don't support it at all. But that's why I think that recent more apparent.
0: OK. And but definitely you believe that white supremacy is a real thing.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't I, I don't believe it. Obviously, I think that. Well, I, hmm. I may have misunderstood the question because, yeah, obviously I don't believe in it, but people there are groups that believe in it that it's not okay.
0: Okay, very good. All right, Julian.
2: All right. Well, I feel as though Black Lives Matter organizations uh, should be doing what they're doing and protesting the injustice happening on Black people, and I feel as though that is an retaliation of white supremacists because you know, like some people in the in the uh, law enforcement system, are a part of white supremacy themselves because they commit hate crimes, which are the ones that Black Lives Matter organizations protest. Uh, rightfully so. It's predominantly in in in, in uh, certain places, but I think that it needs to not be in any place. Was not really. I mean, the only thing that we ourselves can do is support the Black Lives Matter movements and anything against injustice to any other race.
0: All right. I asked ask every guest that appears on the podcast, what is it that you would like to see the Biden administration accomplish, beginning with you, Julian? One of the things
2: I would like to see, well, there's a couple of things, actually, I would like to see. Okay. Legalizing cannabis federally, and I also won't think that he should improve prison conditions, especially the second one, because personally people who are in prison and it's, uh, They are not doing that well. So I think I feel like a lot of the things happening in certain prisons are inhumane and they need to change. Okay,
1: All right. Austin, personally,
2: and I know that uh, the Biden
1: administration has been vocal about this, though. I'm not sure if there's been much with it is cheaper. College is definitely one that I know that they have been trying to to get through or have been saying that they want to get through. That's definitely something I want to see get done uh, with his administration.
0: All right. That's a great segue into what do you think about community college being free, beginning with you, Austin?
1: Personally, I would like it to be free. My pragmatic side says I'd think making it cheaper, cheap enough to where anyone, whether Uh, from aid or just being able to afford it should be able to get the chance to move forward through college completely free. I'm unsure about entirely because they, you know, people that work there still need, you know, their wages. They have to keep uh, faculty up, keep building maintenance. So I think making it much cheaper to where anyone can get a chance to get in without having to constantly worry about financial issues is a great place to start.
2: Wonderful, Julia. Uh, yeah, I I actually believe community college should 100 percent be free. Uh, just because there are a lot of people who only go to community college for a little bit and don't even go to don't even go to a bigger university or anything like that. A lot of people use community college just to have either get an associate's or just to get that chance to further ed, further their education, like they didn't do when they were just graduating high school and whatnot. So I feel like community college definitely should be free. All right.
0: Uh, What do you guys say about our main topic of today, which is, is any one person above the law? Beginning with you, Julian.
2: Oh, well, technically, yes, Um, there are people above the law.
0: Okay, when you say technically, yes, there are people above the law. Okay, but should there be anyone above the law? What I mean by that is that if a person violates the law, should they be allowed to get away with that? In a general sense, no.
2: Okay. However, is if there are circumstances that need to be taken, but they do break the law, then I feel like those circumstances should be taken account for.
0: Okay. In the criminal justice uh, process, you will actually learn this in the semester, throughout the semester, in one of the chapters that we cover that... Anytime an individual is found guilty of a crime, the court will take in to consideration mitigating and aggravating factors. But one of the things that you should also know is that there's absolutely. Well, let me let me ask Austin what he thinks first and then I'll respond. Go ahead,
1: Austin. Um, no, I, I don't think anyone should be above the law because it makes it to where people who are in positions of power can get away with more than a standard citizen, which is completely against the message of the entire United States, where everyone is free, everyone should have the same rights. So hard no for me. No one should be above the law.
0: Okay, All right. Going back to my point is that the court can always take into consideration the good things that individuals do, as well as the negative things that individuals do. But if anybody violates the statute and anybody that's going to work in the criminal justice system has to have the mentality that nobody is above the law. And the reason being is because if I can go down Manhattan and shoot somebody dead and think that nothing is going to happen. Now, I know that that is a very serious offense, and neither of you are probably saying that anybody should get away with that. But my point being is, is that as a individual who is anticipating being a criminal justice practitioner, we have to have the mentality that nobody is above the law. Let me ask you this. Should a convicted felon be allowed to be president of the United States, beginning with you, Austin? Mm-hmm. No. Um
1: I I say no. And for for a later question, when we uh when we get to that, uh I have, I have a bit different with that. But when it comes to being the president of the United States, having done something that is, you know, you receive one of the hardest punishments for it, I think at that point. Your right to run as the entire leader of the country should be taken away, though other rights you should still have based on you know case by case basis. But we'll get to that later.
2: Okay, all right, Julia. Uh, I actually disagree. Okay, I think convicted felons should be able to be run for president just because people don't keep in mind that there are convicted felons who actually didn't do the crime that they were being conv- that they were convicted for, and there are also people who are, who are convicted felons. But people can change uh, just because you want to run for president and you're a convicted felon doesn't mean that that felony conviction defines you and, or how you would lead people. So I disagree and say that, yes, you should be able to run for president as a convicted felon.
0: OK, let me ask you this. Should a convicted felon be allowed to vote? You Ju- begin with you, Julian.
2: Oh, yes. hundred percent. OK. Uh, can, even though you're a convicted felon, you're still a citizen of the. Citizen of this country and i feel like you should be allowed to vote
1: okay austin uh yeah uh i i agree with that you should still have your right to be able to choose leader uh, uh, now obviously if you're still serving time or if you're in prison like as a felon at that point probably not i don't think so but if you're out you still have that on your record I would say either a flat yes or a case-by-case getting your right back to vote, because currently in the U.S. can you not vote if you are a convicted felon? In some states, you cannot. Okay. Um, Well, I I think that you should be able, in some states where you can't, to submit for a review until... Uh, a review, And then they can give you that right back until they completely say, yes, uh, you can vote. But I think, yeah, uh, it, it, I think it'd be a good thing.
0: OK. All right. Very good. I know, Julian, you said that you think that marijuana should be legalized. What's your thoughts, Austin, at the federal level?
1: I put down yes as well. I think having it be legalized is a good not only just for, you know, personal enjoyment for the people that do do it. Now, personally, I don't. And first off, I shouldn't, cause I'm not even 21 yet, but I don't anyway, but it's similar in the same regard to alcohol where it's mostly, you know, used to party or have fun. Just it's personal time. I obviously still shouldn't be able to use it to, you know, publicly like intoxication, driving, same things with alcohol, but it also economically, if the U.S. can tax it and run all these operations with it, they'll get more money from it too. So on an economic level, it works as well.
2: Okay. And Julia, uh, well, I definitely think it should legalize federally. Uh, it is legal in few states now. And I think that you should be able to smoke them outside like cigarettes. Okay.
0: All right. Final question. Do you think our vote? can impact policing corrections and the criminal justice system. In other words, how important is folding rights?
2: Beginning with you, Julian. Honestly, I don't think our vote really matters in that sense, even though it should. There's a lot of people that are against certain things in that nature, but they still kind of stay the same way. So I really don't think that our vote matters. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it should. All right. Austin? Um, theoretically, uh, with how the American system
1: works, our vote does matter and it can impact police corrections corrections as a whole. It's a bit harder than just voting on something because, you know, you got to get a representative and or a senator for, you know, voting at least for things on a federal level, but also for state level. So to get a lot of these things passed, you need majority of the citizens and the people elect to agree with how to impact policing or the criminal justice system as a whole. So theoretically, yes, it does. It does matter though. It's not as practical as one
2: would hope.
0: All right. Very good gentlemen. Well, thank you for being the first students of the fall semester, 2023. You gentlemen are the forerunner, so to speak, and are the head of the pack. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Is anyone above the law important constitutional rights? Should a convicted felon be allowed to vote? Should a convicted felon be allowed to be president? And how to make America a better place to live? Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and God (laughs) speed.